Welcome to Chapel Bell Current, stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And today we have uh, a funny little mishmash of an episode for you uh, in preparation and celebration of the big national championship game on Monday. And we're kind of here at the front of this episode to just kind of tell you what you're about to hear uh, with the, the, the movie magic, the post-production magic here that we're about to use to make sure that all of this comes in the right sequence, essentially, because we're recording all of this after I had a lot of fun with... Uh, a lot of really great folks that you're about to hear from in just a moment. But uh, why don't you tell the people at home, Nathan, what's what's up? Well, as I, I wanted to make sure that we approach this national championship with this sort of thematic consistency that we approach every important project. So as is fitting for the most important game that has been played during our time and recording this podcast, I am like deathly ill. And because we can't do anything correctly and our success <laughs> is founded on our ability to do anything correctly, I have been in pretty bad health this week. So on Tuesday and Wednesday, I had just absolute five alarm barn burner level panic attacks. Uh, and for the past two days, it's today's Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty uh, sure. Pretty much since the Panatech on Wednesday, I've had like just ridiculous fatigue and brain fugue and like uh, probably the worst day of teaching of my entire career. So I am sort of trying to take it easy, both mentally and uh, obviously visually. If anybody else, anybody who's on the live chat can see, I'm sort of I'm, I'm living my freshest life right now. Um, you look pretty fine. Yeah, I did just get up anyway. <laughs> But I think I wanted to get on and record this for two reasons. One, because obviously go dogs. I may mm-hmm. not be able to go to Indy in person now, but regardless of whether or not I do or not, and regardless of, regardless of my health, if we win this national title, I'm going to do something really stupid and get a tattoo on my body that is Georgia related. And I think I want to say this live for the first time that I think we should get matching tattoos. I agree. If we win. I think we should it's go get time. matching tattoos. I want to get the drum dog. I've wanted the drum dog for years. And, but we could do, I, I could also do Chapel Bell Curve because I think now that once you're six, once you're six years into a podcast, I think you can tattoo it. Like I, I think, think so. Yeah. I think we've passed the point at which I want a reminder of this, this experience on my skin forever. Uh, <laughs> it's been a, a, you know? a yeah, a, a significant portion of both of our lives at this point. And so, yes, you commemorate that with something with a grand gesture. <laughs> Yeah. So if we win, that's what I'm going to do regardless of how healthy I am. But the second reason I wanted to get on is because, you know, I think it's important to take care of yourself, even when Mm -hmm. uh, it's not convenient for you to not feel good, which it has not been convenient uh, for me to not feel good this week. And maybe one of the most important weeks of my professional career ever, I've basically had to just be in bed for 16 to 12 hours a day. But uh, you know, it's been heartening because ev- as soon as I got it through my thick skull and asked for help, everyone who has been in my life has done such an amazing job of helping me. And I would encourage you that if you were ha- in a similar situation, that also you should, you know, ask the people around you to help you because that's why you have those people in your life in the first place. I was at something of a sort of like mental, I was having like a, also a existential crisis in the middle of all this health problems. And I finally decided to tell some people and within like 15 minutes of me saying this, Justin put this live show together and I got coverage for uh, 
both of my jobs. So all I'm saying is be, be kind to yourself, even when it's not helpful or, uh, convenient to do so. Right. And even if it causes you to miss an interview with Amanda Mole, which if I'm being <laughs> honest, my filter is so thin right now that I probably should not be in an interview with someone I have a crush on. So good <laughs> yeah, job. I'm fair. sure it went great. I'm, I'm it excited was really to good. listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that, as Nathan said, take care of yourselves. Um, yeah, because there are plenty of people out there that love you and are willing to do so. Not because of any sort of burden that you may perceive yourself as being, but because they just like you. Yeah. And that's it. Exactly. Uh, do you want to talk about this game for a second? <laughs> do you want to talk about it? <laughs> While we still yeah, have I think you, I, are going to fall asleep on the air? No, I, th- I think I got like five or ten minutes more Okay. without having a crisis in me. Get it. Tell us. Uh, do you want me to answer? Didn't you say you're asking everybody the same questions? Yeah, actually, that's a great point. I'm going to ask you those questions instead. Forget stats for a second. If Amanda Mall taught me anything, it's that they don't matter. And econ is a sham. So uh, three questions I've been asking everybody. And you can answer it, whatever one, whichever one or, or multiples resonate with you the most. The questions are, why is Georgia going to win on Monday? Two, what would you give to see Georgia win on Monday? And three, what would it mean to you for Georgia to win on Monday? Hmm. Okay. Why? I'll answer those, I guess, in order of descending, uh, descending okay. difficulty or no ascending. Mm-hmm. I'm answering the easiest one first, whatever. See, I didn't, I didn't promise to be you good. I just promised to be here. Uh, yeah. I, the reason Georgia would win on Monday is that I think that People who know way more about football than me and I as well will tell you that Alabama is probably not 17 points better than Georgia. And some of the things that they were doing kind of feel a little unsustainable. Uh, Bryce Young is a, is a is a certified Heisman winner. He is a very, very good player. He had the game of his career against the best defense he's ever played. Is that replicable across a two-game span? I don't know. I mean, you have things like Bryce Young recovering his own fumble. Bryce Young evading a sack and throwing a 60-yard touchdown. He doesn't have to not have any of those plays, but if he just has half as many as that he, that he did against Georgia the first time, it's a much closer game. So that's that's the sort of like why Georgia can win. You know, there there is every reason that Alabama can win this game, but if Alabama is going to win this game as easily as they did the first time, they're going to need Bryce Young to have like a 70% completion percentage again. And I think he'll be good, and I think he will get his yards because he does because he's so good. But I don't think that Alabama should count on him doing that twice, right? And, I mean, it's kind of a similar thing with their running game. I don't know. You know, Alabama kind of won that Cincinnati game in the first quarter. And they were like, oh, we can run it for six yards a clip. We're going to just run inside outside power and ISO. So, fuck you until you (laughs) stop it. And they never did. And then that was the end of the game. So, they're not going to be able to do that against Georgia. As to what and what were the other two, what it would mean and what I would give. Okay, what would I give for Georgia to win? I mean, not really anything. I don't really. <laughs> for, for one, it's actually kind of fun to be a sports fan of a, a tortured fan base. Right. Mm-hmm. And like it, on the eve of this moment where we all have to confront both the best and worst parts of ourselves, I think it's important for us to be honest and say that like a lot of Georgia fans kind of get off on that tortured shit. I have kind of I have made a lot of mileage online with it and in, in, as well. And like, yeah, I want to win this game, but like, I'm not a Georgia fan for the titles. Like, if I was a if I was a title chaser, I would be like a Lake, Lakers, Duke, Tampa Bay fan or whatever, right? Like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, I really want to win this game, 
and mm-hmm. I would give some amount of my time, effort, sweat, and blood to win it. But I'm not a Georgia fan to win the game. And the thing that this would mean to me really has way more to do with the fans around me than it does with me. Like, if we win this game, yeah, am I going to have a bender at an unspecified time during which I might destroy some property? Absolutely. Yes. But, like, if we win this game, it'll be a culmination of a period in my life where I have gotten access to this whole new community of people and, you know, met and been supported by a group of people that have no reason to even know or care about who I am. And that is the, that's the reason you do it, right? Like the, the titles and the experiences are about being with those people and focusing too much on like winning or losing one game doesn't really do much for me. And like, look, I want to win and I want to watch the sort of overinflated ghost of Nick Saban's uh, competence, like leave the Alabama fan base, like one tiny speck of their soul at a time. And I can't (laughs) wait for them to feel the pain that I feel every day getting up. But that's not really the point, right? The point, the point was never about who, well, the point was never about for me, what was happening. And it was always about who it was happening with. Right. And so, whether that's in indie with my section or whether it's on my couch with Justin and Samantha, hopefully if I'm through quarantine at that point, uh, I don't really care. Right. I just want to, I, I want to be around the people that I care about. Right. And that's part of why I'm awake at like nine 30 after I went to sleep for four hour and a half hours. I love it. That's all I got. I love you. You're a good guy. Love you too. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say, so the next, long while you got going on you guys the next little bit of the show is just going to be a lot of folks you have probably heard of you have uh seen on our twitter um or on their twitters because they are uh, somewhat twitter famous in their own rights so i hope that you enjoy this show that we put together i think it's pretty great uh, a lot of mm-hmm. really great um information yeah. a lot of really great takes and a lot of really great love for this thing that we're all enthusiastic about so uh yeah. yeah without further ado and and before before we like hand off i do want to say one more thing yeah uh there's probably no bigger sign of love you could give us than being on our patreon but other than being on our patreon patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve <laughs> <laughs> the best thing that you could do for someone who creates content Always for a sort of living yeah this 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 channel's for closers motherfucker uh, oh you can see there goes the filter the best thing you can do for someone who sort of creates content for a living is, you know, help them make content. And in like a 15 minute time span, Justin put out the call for people to come help us. And a lot of people who have really no obligation to have anything to do with us did. And so I, I feel uh, it's I have an inexpressible amount of of just good vibes for all of you for making this happen. And let's face it, kind of an important spot for us. So mm-hmm. I love you all. Go dogs. And I'm going to get off of the call before I start talking crap about Bama's band. Bye. <laughs> to hell with Bama. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hey, is this Ava? It is. Hey, Miss Ava. This is Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, did Ben give you a little bit of an idea of what it is we're doing? Yeah, he said taking the temperature of the dog nation 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. He's always talking about how uh, he talks to you at length about Georgia, and so I wanted to give you a call. You immediately came to mind when I when I had the thought to uh, give calls to folks uh, just to kind of see how people were feeling and whatnot. And so, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Getting the temperature, the temperature check. I'm a little bit um, nervous. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to say but, the least. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, as, as I've said all season long, cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, get the big head and whatever. But also my family, a lot of my family are Alabama fans. Ooh. So. Yeah, so that makes so, makes it a little complicated. Yeah, so at the um after the Cotton Bowl, they were te- we were texting during that, and then they texted me and said, "Okay, Ava, it's your turn now." And um, <laughs> then so it, we texted a little bit during that the Orange Bowl, and then at the end, I texted them, "See y'all in Indy." Uh-huh. So we're, <laughs> you know we're we're setting that up, but we're and. And my sister, one of my sisters is being real, you know, like snarky. And some of my cousins on Facebook, they're kind of jabbing at me. And I'm just like, you know, scrolling on by. Like, I'm not, not going to engage in that. <laughs> <laughs> not worth my time. This yes, is fine. I said my, yeah, I said my, um, my Stetson Bennett jersey was the good luck charm. Ooh. People were saying, you know, do, um, you know, do what you did for the Orange Bowl. And I said, well, I'll be wearing my Stetson Bennett jersey and eating the same game snacks. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> But my, my sister said, it'd be a shame if your jersey disappeared. Ooh. And I'm just like, I'm like, ooh, are you going to send somebody to break in and steal it? You know? <laughs> I, having grown up around the Pulaski family, that is not a house anybody wants to break into. I will say that right now. <laughs> That's true. We are we're um, missing one of you know one of our guard dogs. I don't know if Ben told you that we lost one of our dogs. It had to be oh. put down. But um, I know you're talking about the firearms. But um, yeah, <laughs> you know if I miss you with my um, five, uh, ten shots because I have a speed loader, I'll just throw my flashlight at you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something's bound to hit. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know. So. So. I want to ask you too. So there's three questions that I've been asking folks to see which of them resonates with them the most to try and see which of them they would uh, most like to answer. And so um, one of them is why is Georgia going to win on Monday? The other is what would you give to see Georgia win on Monday? And the final question is what would it mean for Georgia to win on Monday? And so you don't have to answer all three. Really, I'd just like to hear which of those resonates with you most and how would you answer it? Oh gosh, I think the um uh, what would it mean for Georgia to win? I you know, I was a sophomore at Georgia the last time we won a national championship. Yeah. So you know, that's that I've just been waiting all this time and you know, biding my time and you know, my Alabama family are all like, oh, it's no big deal. And I'm like, yeah, it, it is to us. And, you know, to, it would, I will be out there at midnight or whatever at, um, Academy Sports buying my national championship shirt should we win. <laughs> <So>. You're ready. <laughs> yeah. 
my, I love that. my husband will be like, are you really going out <laughs> absolutely. in the middle of the night? But, and absolutely I am. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping that's what I'll be doing. What do you what do you remember from that sophomore uh, year of, of college uh, about the last national championship? What was so funny is my freshman year, we won three games. <laughs> my sophomore year, Herschel showed up. Uh-huh. And, you know, the rest is history, as they say. And, you know, just being so excited, being raised around Alabama football, so I was used to the winning, and then I go to college, and Vanderbilt beats us for our homecoming game my freshman year. You know, my, my parents were there for the, you know, come to the sorority house for lunch and, and uh, you know, all that. It was a big tradition at Alabama. You know, we'd always go to the Kyle house for lunch and go to the go to the game. So, you know, they came up to Athens and Vanderbilt beats us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my sophomore year, it was a whole lot more fun. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Man, I hope that it happens that way. Is there anything that you've seen that you remember from that time that you could relate to perhaps this season and the way that it's kind of led up to the national championship? I know that it looks a lot different as far as like the national championship, the playoffs are constructed, but is there anything that felt that you remember feeling in that season that feels similar to this time around? Um, I can't really say anything is similar because this is just so different. This is yeah. so it's like you say the playoffs are different and everything, but just the the and I guess the landscape of college football has changed so much with the um I hate to even mention the transfer portal, but the just other things that have changed in the last few years of you know it used to be more of a game now it's mm-hmm. more of a business it's yeah. more you know and but that means that. You know, they're putting a lot of money in the program and, you know, Kirby's got them going in the right, the right direction. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm almost like, you know, holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for other folks out there, this is the last thing I'll ask you and then I'll, I'll get out of your hair. But, um, for everybody else that may be worrying or nervous, uh, what would you suggest they do with their time between now and Monday? What is the best way to kind of, uh, you know, stave off the, the heebie-jeebies? Excuse me. Um, clean the house <laughs> and uh, put all the Christmas decorations away. I love it. You're speaking directly to Ben right now. Clean the house, Ben. Put clean the house. <laughs> well, yes. Well, Ben's coming Sunday to um, help me put take the Christmas tree down because I can't uh, – put it up or take it down by myself anymore Mm -hmm. and um so it's too tall i can't reach the top and plus it's a fake tree so he's got to take it apart for me and Mm -hmm. take it down to the basement and so um he's coming but but i'm going to put some of my nervous energy into frying chicken for him and uh i'll probably bake to you know get get some of the my nervous energy out so you know, take the dog for a walk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you do what you got to do. Yeah, the more I think about it and the closer it gets, the more I'm just going to be like Monday, I probably won't be able to eat. I might not be able to sleep Sunday night. 
Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, and, of course, my husband thinks I'm nuts. But Ben's the only one that understands. He gets it. He gets you. He he gets it. And he, you know, we have some good conversations. And I I text him lots of memes and funny things. And, and, you know, we at least I have somebody to um, discuss it with. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been so special, Miss Ava. I thank you so much for for hanging out with me for a little while. Well, I I appreciate it. I hope I didn't sound too goofy. Not at all. No, you <laughs> sounded great. I'll I'll make sure to uh, let Ben know um, how you can find this episode and make sure that he gets it to you so you can hear it as well if you'd like. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You have a lovely night. Okay. You too, and go dogs. Go dogs. That's right. We are joined by another listener here. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, you may know him as Jean-Luc Godogs, but he has other names, of course, you know, like family-given names and whatnot. So I will let him introduce himself and please tell us exactly why it is that you are affiliated with this silly game played by teenage men. Uh, hi, I am Andy, <laughs> um, otherwise known as the Internet's uh, Jean-Luc Godogs. Um, super happy uh, to be here. Um, so I guess my my dog affiliation just comes from uh, I grew up in Atlanta and then went to UGA and I am a former red coat um, like many um, like many CBCers I definitely uh, encountered Nathan in my time but I think this is the first time that we have spoken it is. Um, at least at least voice to voice like this um, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty surreal honestly but um, obviously been listening to to this show for, for many years and really, really love what y'all do for, for UGA and it uh, makes us uh, better football watchers. And so that's really why I'm here is that it helps me uh, become a better UGA fan and become a better football watcher. So what y'all do is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So we have been asking everybody the questions that I have here, and I would love it for you to just kind of give an answer to whatever feels good, whatever resonates with you. It can be any of them, all of them, none of them. You just tell me uh, what what's the song in your heart is how I put it before. So first question is, why is Georgia going to win on Monday? Second question is, what would you give to see Georgia win on Monday? And the third question is, what would it mean to you for Georgia to win on Monday? So I will let you have the floor. So I've been going really back and forth on this game. It, uh, you know, there's, there's, I think sort of two, well, I guess there's only two real results of a rematch. Either it looks a lot like the one before it or something different happens. And I think before I was like, you know, this feels like it's just going to be the same thing over and over again and got really sort of into the doom mode. But the more the more and more time I thought about it, and then the more and more time I you know, spent with thinking about the Michigan game, the more I realized that really UGA is going to do well when they're sort of not in a negative game state in the sense that they're not super far behind. They don't feel the need to, to go off scripts. They don't feel the need to totally become a different football team than they've been. And I think that they were pretty on script for a lot of the SEC championship game until that really bad second quarter. If you take the second quarter out of that game, they were able to run the offense and able to play the way that they do. And the Michigan game was great because they were basically on script the entire time. It felt like 
they were basically doing everything that they planned. I know that they said they worked on, for example, that second touchdown pass all week in practice. They were totally in control of that thing. And I think it's almost as if all they need to do is make just enough adjustments on defense that the wheels don't fly off. And then that allows the offense to do what they want, which is not feel like they have to become a team that's basically chasing points all the time. And not that like that's just all the offense is or anything, but I think that they are clearly so much more confident. Stetson is a better passer on, you know, short second and third downs when, you know, there's still the threat of, you know, them running the ball. And so I think all they need to do is actually just make simple enough defensive adjustments that you can give up a big play or two, but just basically not bleed you know, so quickly in, in one quarter. So you still just play close enough that you don't feel the need to to change the offense to play from behind and to catch up. And I think that's sort of what was sort of the downfall offensively. And so mm-hmm. at first I was like, you know, 17 points is just such a huge hurdle to overcome. But now I feel like, you know, enough small things can go right that that becomes much less of a problem. And so that's why I think UGA is going to win is because I think that they can make those adjustments. I really think that they can stop a second quarter SEC championship game from happening again. And I think that's yeah. what's going to happen. I love hearing the hope. I love it. It's very nice. To yeah. <laughs> hope, hope is really scary. And, um, but I realize I just realized that I can't be a football fan any other way. Like I just, I just sort of refuse to engage in like not being excited for Monday for, you know, whatever reason. I think it's just, I think it just seems kind of miserable to me. And I understand that people are just like wallowing at the idea that we have to play Alabama for the championship game. Like, of course, you know, if it was anybody else, I think everybody would be super, super elated, but I'm just, I'm just never going to get there. And so I like that you framed it this way. It's not, you know, what do you think is going to happen? It's it's why is UGA going to win? Because that's how I'm going into Monday night. No matter what yeah. happens, that's how I'm going in for sure. So yeah. as far as your second question, I don't really have one. It's been hard for me to think about it that way. So I'm just going to go right to number three mm-hmm. and say, um, I haven't heard anybody else res- response to this, um, but I really think the thing I'm most excited for is that I'm going to be able to, you know, UGA wins a title. I'm going to enjoy football without feeling the need to chase this anymore. And I think that we have all gotten really tired. First of all, just listening to Florida fans make 1980 jokes at us for, you know, the better part of 40 years now. But I think that there's a lot of football that we miss out and feel less happy about because we don't know if we're going to win a title and because there's that, sort of crushing weight of expectation there. And I think it's going to be really fun if we get to the point where, you know, even games we lose, we'll just say, you know, hey, some really exciting, interesting, fun stuff happens. We're going to talk about it. We're going to try to be better the next game, but we're not going to sit here and just agonize at every individual thing. Because I think that genuinely there's been times this year where it's been like a historically great team. And, you know, we've gone through a game and I'm, you know, still like nitpicking and still feeling like, oh, but this is what will hold the team back eventually. And I think that's kind of miserable. Like, you know, I hated that, <laughs> I, you know, we blew out Florida, for example. And I was sort of sitting there with my arms folded saying like, yeah, we didn't execute on offense in the second half. Like, it just feels as a football fan, like I'm being such a baby about it. I think the thing I'm going to be excited for is that we're going to sort of get back to football being less about sort of the end result and more about 
getting there. And I mean, really the thing that I enjoy the most about football isn't playing in the national title game. It isn't winning the SEC. It's really just like, and this is, you know, the thing that almost gets me a little bit emotional. I mean, you know, we all love UGA, I think, because we do it with other people and because it's something that it's hard to imagine life without in many ways. And I think that we cherish that all the more when we're not just thinking about, oh, but we have to beat Alabama. Oh, but we have to we have to get a title. And I'm just really excited when we sort of start to focus probably more on those things and less about this when we get this done. And, you know, when we get this done, it's going to be so awesome because we're going to be super happy and that football afterwards, no matter what happens, is going to feel just so. Yeah, that's the thing I'm the most excited for. I'm the most excited for us to say, you know, even if we lose to South Carolina at home or something, that we're still going to be able to say, yeah, but we got the ring, so can't feel that bad about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be okay. Things will be better. I promise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and we can, yeah, and we'll just say, you know, I, I mean, that's how I've always felt on game days is I just never want to be at the point, you know, where we get so mad about, you know, losing to some opponent we shouldn't. Um, you know, or if it affects a national title race, because like in the end, the thing that we love about UGA isn't isn't that we win or lose. I mean, we would still probably be sitting here, no matter how many wins we get a season. But you know, once we finally get this done, we're going to be able to get a lot more perspective on you know what we love about football. I think. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me, Andy. I really. Uh... I think you had a lot of really great things to say. And you said a second ago, like you haven't listened to the other people's responses and yours was still different. Everybody's has been different up to this point. And so I think it's been pretty amazing to to hear everybody's takes on, on what this means to them and, and why it means to them, I guess. But um, yeah, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you doing it on such short notice. Oh no, thanks so much for having me and uh, really enjoyed it. And yeah, I'm just so happy to be yeah, doing this with a bunch of other EGA fans. And uh, yeah, let's get that awesome. W on Monday. Go dogs! <laughs> Go dogs! Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm just calling all of my best friends. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and having uh, everyone listen on Discord is so exciting. <laughs> I know. You here at Chapel Bell Curve, you are the podcast. Podcast do podcast is you. I don't actually know the saying. I'm really bad at like uh colloquialisms and idioms, so <laughs> this is not my strong suit. Um uh, podcast do you, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you are the podcast. You are the podcast, um, yes. So I will. Uh, I would love for you to um, introduce yourself. You can introduce yourself uh, however much you would like. You can even use the name that everybody that listens to this show will recognize, uh, which is Stage Manager for Life. Uh, yeah. And tell us why <laughs> yeah. you are affiliated with the University of Georgia and why this is important to you. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Abby, also known as Stage Manager for Life. Um, I am a diehard Georgia Bulldogs fan, have been since birth. Um, my mom actually went to Georgia. I did not, um, but she did and graduated and was actually at the 1980 National Championship game at the Sugar Bowl. And so that's kind of been always in my family and things like that. So anyway, so she 
um, was kind of the person that made me love Georgia football and has always been like, we are the people that constantly text and be rabid Georgia fans that way. Um, how I got involved with CBC um, was, you know, I was listening to Waiting Since Last Saturday and they were talking about these cool guys that, you know, were affiliated with the Redcoats a little bit, you know, just adjacent to the Redcoats. We could talk about their game day experiences. So I just joined you guys at the very, very beginning. And oh, yeah. you guys like to call me your first fan. So, you know, I've just kind of been here from the beginning, you know, seeing you guys from like the Twitter days to like evolving into the Patreon and Discord that we now are and going strong, which I just love. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's me. Yeah, it's true. It's like one of those things where you have been here since the beginning. Like you were one of the first people who was like, I'm going to start, a, I'm going to do a review. I'm going to tell people about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, going to tell you people yeah. about it. I'm going to go meet you in person and take a photo. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. You're part of the family, very much so. Uh, so I would love to ask you one of these three questions. The three questions I've been posing to everybody are, why is Georgia going to win on Monday? What would you give to see Georgia win on Monday? Or what would it mean for Georgia to win on Monday? What would that mean to you? And so you can choose one of those questions or you can kind of mishmash of all of them. But any of them that resonates with you most, I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh, man. So the one that resonates with me the most is like, what would what would it mean for Georgia to win on Monday? Um, is is like kind of the biggest weighted question that all of us are <laughs> kind of weighing upon of those who have never seen, um, you know, I'm. 30 going on 31 has never seen you know Georgia make it to the mountaintop but you know I have people in my family like my mom you know she tells the story of she jumped the turnstiles the sugar bowl to watch them in 1980 and like that's the story that I hear constantly and like you know that's where I got my rabid Georgia fans you know a fandom love for and so like for me it's just like being able to share that moment with her and other dog fans I've, I've met like being able to, like, if we actually win, like, get there and everything. Like, I have been there. I've sat, you know, um, you know, I used to live in New York City. I used to sit at American Whiskey Bar. And, like, I was there during the Mark Ricks, like, the very, very end where we were losing. And you were like, why are we losing? And, like, I feel like you just always have this potential and urge. You always felt like we were going to make it to the mountaintop every year. It's going to be our year, you know. So I really just feel like all those years of, like, wanting and the hope you know the we love to say hope like it's we're finally going to get there and I just I feel really confident and feel really good that this this is it you know for us so I just I have all these like emotions about like sharing this with my mom sharing it with everybody I've met in the discord community and all the dog fans I know you know from spanning from my time in New York City to like my time in Orlando when I met a group of dog fans there and to my time here in Atlanta like it's just constant like getting to know people and connecting with all the people that it means so much to us that our dogs that we've been there, like been there when we've lost terribly to like see us do something amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's so perfect. So on Tuesday, then if we do win, what does Tuesday look like for you? Oh man, I'm going to have to call out of work. (laughs) (laughs) Because Monday may be just, like, all of us jumping on the Discord, like, at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, just, like, drunk and screaming about how exciting this is. And, uh-huh. like, and I, you know, I just, it's it's going to be so surreal for me that I can't. And I've, I, was, I remember so vaguely, for, not vaguely, but, like, remember it vividly 
the, you know, going, you know, being at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Orlando, I was at for the last national championship we were at, being surrounded by UCF fans the year that UCF pretended that they won the national championship <laughs> instead of Alabama. Um, and then walking out of that bar in complete, like, like numb, shocking disbelief. I was like, I, you know, I take, take back that moment. Cause like, cause all the moment I had at the Rose, Rose Bowl prior to that, like having those feelings of like, just ultimate, just body shaking, crying, like, this is unbelievable. I was like, that's going to be overloaded on Monday night going into Tuesday, that Tuesday work is not going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, even if yeah. I go to work, there's work's not happening. <laughs> yeah, we're, I have a feeling, like, I I have a few friends who were like, you should, we should go, go somewhere. I'm like, no, I am not leaving Athens to watch this game well, anywhere I mean, else. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of jealous that you're going to be in Athens because uh-huh. if you like when you're going to be able to like run down to the bell. Yeah. Like, and there's going to be just so many people trying to ring the bell. And mm-hmm. like, I remember you telling a story in the podcast a while ago of like, you went to go try to ring the bell and you couldn't like, you were too much alcohol to like do the mechanics of ringing the bell. <laughs> like I imagine that's going to happen like yep. 50 different times to different people because that's just, how it, how overjoyed people are going to be. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Abby. I really appreciate it. I know you were a little nervous, but I think you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Justin. <laughs> yes. You, it's the it's the actor in you. You really pulled it through. You made it happen. Oh, yes. Yes. It's, it's watching enough actors so I can practice. So I yeah. can be an actor. It's all good. <laughs> the world is your stage. Right. Well, I will talk right, to you thanks. soon. All right. Thanks, Justin. My name is Ian Boatman. I'm a damn proud two-time alumnus of the University of Georgia, class of 2017 and 2019. Two bachelor's degrees, one master's degree, been a dog all my life, and I'm ready for a championship. I love it. Very good. So I'm also asking everybody a few questions, and those questions are, I'll tell you those questions, and then I'd love for you to tell me uh, which of them resonates the most with you and which one you'd like to answer. You can answer all three. You can answer just one. Um, you can trail off for a bit. You know, I don't care. This We're going free, free, you know, freelance here. Uh, we're doing it live, you know. So those three questions. One, why is Georgia going to win on Monday? Uh, what would you give to see Georgia win Monday? Or what would it mean for Georgia to win on Monday? What would it mean to you? Yeah, I like question number three. What would it mean? So hit me with it. Paint me a story. Tell me a tale. You know, I I think about where I am with my life right now. Um, So I'm a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I have been here since December 2019. Um, I, I got just ridiculously stupid lucky. I got this job straight out of grad school. Um, so it was defending the master's thesis and then immediately coming over here, uh, which the timing was great. Um, but even though I am just two states away, in a lot of ways, it's kind of amazing how much I'm separated from it. Um, and, and North Carolina has plenty of Georgia fans. Uh, there's, there's no doubt mm. about that. And Georgia alumni. Um, but what I have found is that Wilmington and the entire, seemingly the entire Eastern side of North Carolina is like separated from the rest of the state. Um, it's as if this area is its own territory and kind of not even necessarily North Carolina. 
Um, I'm not sure if that's accurate necessarily because I don't even know what North Carolina culture is necessarily, but <laughs> I feel like whatever it is, I don't know if it necessarily comes this far east. Um, so it, it, it feels like in a lot of ways that I'm living in a totally different kind of area. And I, I recently became president of the Wilmington chapter of the Alumni Association, and I'm trying to kind of build that into something bigger. Um, haven't necessarily gotten there yet, but it's a work in progress. Um, but when you are away from the epicenter of not just Athens, but the Georgia bubble in general, um, I, I go through every day and I feel like I kind of see those spots more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I have the, the online community of Georgia fans and alumni and the Chapel Bell Curve community is certainly very much up there for me. Um, It's a reminder of what I have and and what we all have together. So football season is already beautiful enough because that camaraderie comes together um, in in, in ways that are just unfathomably beautiful. And for all of it to come together to this point in a 41-year drought to potentially break that and, and bring a championship back to Athens. Um, that makes the heart the fullest. And it doesn't matter where you are in the country or in the world, you're going to feel it. Yeah. If you are part of it, you know it, and you're going to feel it. And here we are at the time of this phone call, you know what, we're four days away. And I, I'm, I'm okay right now, but I know that that is going to build over the next few days, and I'm going to be a basket case by kickoff. Um, and I, I don't really know what's going to happen Monday. We'll get there when we get there, but um, we are going to have if, – if one thing leads to another in the good way, uh, we're going to have an explosion of joy, and um, there's going to be a lot of tears and uh, – um, I'm glad I have the next day off because uh, that, that'll be a good day for me to cry it all out, whether it be in uh, joy or in sadness. Um, but that's that's what it means to me, the camaraderie of it coming together and, and, and giving us that ultimate euphoria and, and that ultimate joy. And the the people that are along with you is is what makes it worth it from all of the countless memories uh, being on campus and, and beyond, uh, it, it lives in the group chats and the texts and, uh, and, and everything else. Um, that's, that's what I dream of on a daily basis. And we are a few days away from potentially making that dream come true. I, I could not have found the words to say that better myself. I really appreciate all of that. Thank you. Thank you for, when I said paint a picture, you took that seriously. You understood the assignment, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd try. Yep, you did it, man. So, so what other things would you suggest anybody do leading up to the game on Monday? What are some things you can do to kind of calm yourself or distract yourself or uh, you know not become a basket case, though it is inevitable. It is inevitable, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Well, regardless of a championship or not, regardless of a win or a loss, let's face it, the off season is coming. The off season is practically <laughs> here for several uh-huh. people, so. Um, with, with football season being such a big hobby as it is uh, of my own and, and for all of us, um, go check out some other hobbies. 
you know, try to see if you can, uh, you know, liven up yourself for the next eight months of your life while we don't have this oblong shaped ball to, to stare at for hours on TV, Mm -hmm. um, or in person. Um, so, uh, you know, try to embrace some old stuff. I'm trying to get into reading a little bit myself, Mm -hmm. uh, have a little bit of a learn to read. Yeah, I gotta learn to read, you know, um something something Georgia grads can't read or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um whatever it is the joke by Coke always says. Um <laughs> Yeah. So just just get in the hobbies, man. Get 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 over uh get get over the sadness that football season's over and embrace embrace your people, embrace your hobbies, embrace your pets, uh whatever it may be to get you through the long eight month drought we have ahead. Read a book. Ian Boatman said. Read a book. Guys. Read a book, Read a... y'all. Thank you, Ian. I really appreciate you. Hey, I uh, appreciate Justin and appreciate Nathan and everybody of the uh, Chapa Bell Curve community. Uh, thank y'all for doing what you do. And y'all have a fantastic evening and weekend and championship. Let's go, dogs, baby. Our next call is with another friend of the show, Ross, or Dogquant, as you may know him. Ross has been on the show before, but I will let Ross introduce himself because he will do it way better than I will. Uh, but Ross, thank you for being here. Uh, will you please tell the kind folks at home who it is that you are and why you are affiliated with this thing? <laughs> hey, Justin, how are you? Go dogs. Go dogs, sir. Uh, go dogs to um, you. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so I, I think you actually did a pretty good job of introducing me. Uh, my name is Ross Rutledge. I've been on the, um, show before talking about our model R squared and I am the, uh, uh, originator. I am, uh, the, the father of R squared. I put it together. Uh, actually the last time I was on the show, I regretted that I didn't give a shout out to everybody who's worked on it, uh, with me, including, Ryan Moore, who puts together all of the great graphics, uh, Stephen Joyner, uh, uh, Dr. Stephen Joyner, that is, Dr. Stephen, uh, oh, yes. he pronounced his last name, uh, Stephen Chaduin, who gave us uh, inspiration <laughs> for our other model, uh, CBC Ted, uh, and then Nathan, of course. Of course. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure I, I gave him a shout out if I had the opportunity this time. Uh, but it, I, I am the person who ultimately put it together and uh, run it every week, so... Uh, that's why I'm relevant to this show. Very good. Yes. More than relevant, special, important are the words that I would use, but. Oh, thank what, you. Yeah, absolutely. What sort of, so what, what would you have? I know that you have some numbers for us. You have some stats, the good, hard, juicy stats that everybody comes here for. So if you could please run us through these stats, these predictions that you have for our game today. Uh, right. Okay. So in the rematch, I think. Last time we had Georgia close to a 13 point favorite. So we were about six points, uh, uh, six points uh, in favor of Georgia over Vegas. Uh, We still favor Georgia better than Vegas right now. Georgia is a three point favorite. We have predictably Georgia by. uh, eight points or nine points, excuse me. It, it's just under nine, rounds to nine. Uh, our actual prediction is uh, 28, or actually 29 uh, to 
for Georgia and uh, 20.2 for Alabama. Okay. So how do we get to those numbers, I guess? Or this is a question I typically ask Nathan a whole bunch, and maybe you can uh, sort of, by sussing through the numbers, give us an answer uh, and let me know if you need me to clarify any further. But what do the numbers tell us? What needs to go correctly or what parts of the game we should pay attention to that may indicate the game is going in Georgia's favor? And and what I mean by that is where are our strengths? What do our strengths align with their weaknesses, if any, and vice versa, I guess? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, sure. Okay, so our... Um, our model essentially is uh, it's, it's, it's actually a uh, uh, we, we cobble together two models essentially to build our model. Uh, the, we have an offensive model and we have a defensive model. Uh, the offensive model estimates based on many of the advanced stats that you talk about regular, regularly on your show, um, including those on the breakdowns that uh, you guys publish to your, uh, your Twitter feed. Um, uh, it estimates the uh, average points against an average opponent um, that a team would score. And then it estimates the average points that a team would allow against an average opponent. Uh, so the, they're both essentially opponent-adjusted scores. The score that you would, uh, you would, uh, the amount of points that you would score against an average opponent and the amount of, amount of points that you would allow against an average opponent. Uh, Georgia's rating, their offensive rating is uh, just over 41. So they're saying against the average uh, defense, uh, we would score 41 points. Uh, and our defensive rating is absolutely bonkers. It's just under two. It's 1.98. So the average team in the NCAA would would uh, struggle to score two points on average against Gross. Georgia. Uh, it, yeah, it's pretty sexy. Um, and, and then Alabama, it has a slightly better offensive rating. It's, uh, 44.82 and, uh, their defensive rating is also very good. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling lies. I'm telling porcupines. I know. Sorry. Okay. I was about to give you, uh, about to scare you actually. So this will be better. Their, their offensive rating is slightly better than I quoted. It's 45.82. But their defensive rating is 15.64, which is a lot better than the number I was about to read out. <laughs> um, so they would score 50, 45 points against an average opponent and allow 15.64. Um, the easy way to compare the teams is to net those two ratings from the two models. Georgia would win uh, against an average opponent by 39.1 points, Alabama by 30.19. So that means, according to R2, that Georgia is nine points better than Alabama. And the reason for that is because of the underlying statistics that we talk about on, uh, that you talk about on the show and that I talk about with Nathan in our chats, um, primarily driven by our amazing, just absolutely amazing uh, red zone defense. We have an outlandish defense. Uh, uh, points per opportunity against. So when someone when when a team gets to the red zone, we allow barely over 1.5 points, which is just insane when you think about it. So you don't get a field goal; you get a half a field goal. Um, and and so um, that's the <laughs> the the biggest thing that stands out about Georgia's team. We're also, with the exception of the Alabama game, we're very good against the pass. 
our passing EPA against is, let's see, it's uh, it's negative point zero eight, and those are uh, according to our two the two most uh, impactful and important statistics for estimating our our um, uh, points scored and points against. Mm-hmm. So, Ugh. so yeah, <laughs> I mean it I looks mean, good. That's the thing. Statistically, Georgia is a monster. Right. Yeah. So th- the question I've been asking myself this entire time is whether the SEC championship game was a fluke or not. And I even did a, a, a Twitter. Um, uh, I, I did I, I did a little bit on, on this on, on Twitter. Like I, I. Everything about the Alabama game strikes me as an outlier. All the statistical uh, outcomes from that game are failure in red zone defense, our failure in uh in, in defending the past right, or defending the past just um, is stand, two, three, four standard deviations, five, five standard deviations, maybe even from uh, what our, our average mean performance has been this year. It's, it was it's bonkers. Give me, so I, this is another question then, I guess if we, I don't even want to speak this, but I'm going to ask you if the stats tell us anything about this. If we were to lose this game, would it still be an outlier? And what would make it an outlier if we did? If we lose it by 17 points again, uh, th- that strikes me as incredibly unlikely. Okay. Just, I mean, yeah. Here, let's we'll do a real-time query. Okay. Well, Ooh, it's so, query time. Yeah, so I've simulated the game 10,000 times. Count is on on uh, NCAA 2014. That's what <laughs> that's what Ross does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I wish I still had that game. My my PlayStation broke a long time ago. Uh, we're querying. This is the query time. It takes a moment to query. Yeah, just one second. How strong does a computer have to be in order to query ten thousand times? Uh, not, not that strong to do this particular thing. It does seem to be particularly strong to run Ted. Ted, Ted can, uh, use up some RAM. Okay. (laughs) All right. I have the numbers. Okay. According to R2, the probability that, uh, Bama wins by 17 again is 4.5%. Ooh. There's a 4.5% chance of, of Georgia winning by 17. That is that feels good. I like those odds. There's a lot more on the other side of that percentage than there is on our side of that percentage. <laughs> That's this is right. how I That's break right. down numbers. I'm breaking down numbers for everybody. So, um, but now that we've brought up the simulations, uh, a a team that is favored by as much uh, by R two as Georgia is uh, has a seventy point seven percent chance of winning. Okay. That's very good. Yeah. So I would see, I, I guess because I'm, I'm a Georgia fan and I am prone to pessimism as any Georgia fan is, uh-huh. I guess I would encourage people to see that because we're, we're so bullish on Georgia relative to Vegas. I, I guess I would encourage people to see that as an upper bound, whereas the Vegas line, which has us favored by three, implies something like a 60% chance of winning. Yeah. Incredible. So 60 to 70% chance of winning. Yeah. That's that's pretty not bad is what I have to say. 
So I'm hoping, we're all hoping that things go the way we want them to go, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, let me follow up that with, I know you take your, take your, your statsy math brain off for a moment and I'm going to ask you a feels question. Are you ready? Yeah. Shoot. Okay. So what would it mean to you, Ross, for Georgia to win on Monday? I feel numb after so long. I, I was at Georgia going to school there uh, for the 2008 blackout game. And I just remember being so sad. And the 2012 SEC championship game, I don't, I don't know if I, I actually have the words to describe how um, I, it, it's gone from very sad like to heartbreaking to just numb to losing to these guys. Honestly, beating Bama is probably – bigger for me than winning the national championship winning the national championship would be great but i i almost want to get over the hurdle of beating bama um even more and as i've i've said i don't know if i said this when i was on the podcast last time but i said it in our chat like you can call r2 something that uh, is a model of like you could rename it can georgia beat alabama that's the reason i created this thing i want to know how (laughs) how well we stack up against teams that we have to beat to win the national championship and particularly Alabama. I want to beat Alabama so bad um, and get, I, I, I don't even, I, I, it's not to get even with Alabama because we'll never get there. It's just to get over it, to get past it yeah. and move on. Shake yeah. It. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's what I have to say. Yeah. Off the top of my head. I like it. I think that was very well put. You said you didn't have the words, but you found them. Is there is there anything else you would like to part onto uh, the listeners prior to this game before we we wrap up here? Despite the mean, despite the memes, hope is fine. It's a, it's okay to have hope. It's good to hope. hope we all, we all need hope. Yeah. Um, and if anything, I I kind of feel bad that after we predicted uh, Georgia to win by thirteen points or almost thirteen points that we lost by seventeen and we were literally off by thirty. Yeah. Um, but that's the way stats go. You know, some like there's there's a huge var- you have expectation, you're mean, and you have a large variance around that mean. And sometimes that happens. And you know, all of the numbers suggest that Georgia not only is a very good team, but one of the best teams in the last five years. In fact, we have Georgia rated as the third best team in the last five years. Um. And all of the stats suggest that we're a very strong team. Um, despite all of the arguments over quarterback and all of the drama there, this is a very strong team top to bottom. And I think it's okay to hope and to go in and uh, have some expectation that your team is going to do well. Uh, and, and, and I guess I'll leave it at that.
we are joined by a dear friend of the podcast, and uh, I'm going to say Luminary in his own right, because <laughs> it's a, a descriptor he used a moment ago to describe others, but I would say that of him. But um, we are joined by Graham Coffee, and Graham, please introduce yourself as well, and, and sh- t- tell the kind folks at home how we can find you and what it is you do these days, and why it is you are affiliated or afflicted with this love for Georgia football as you are. Yeah, so uh, my name is Graham Coffee, obviously. Um, I am a UGA football observer, writer, I don't know, analyst. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dog Out West. And uh, yeah, I uh, I was born into this this misery. Um, <laughs> but both my parents uh, graduated from Georgia, and my older sister went to school there. So my first Georgia football game came at like seven years old. And I think the only reason that that we got to go to Georgia games as children was because. Uh, my folks would put us into cargo pants, and we would uh, sneak airplane bottles into the game swarm. So, uh-huh. you know, that's how uh, that's kind of how I came to know Georgia football was a uh, like mid '90s uh, Ray Goff, like late Ray Goff, early Jim Donnan era was my early memories of of the team and the sport. And then I went to school at UGA from 2007 to 2011. So. Um, yeah, uh, ever since then, I've been hooked. Um, I guess as it pertains strictly to this Alabama game, this is like a, a long conquest that I've kind of, like, I was talking to my wife about this this evening, right? Uh, like, I, I need this to be over, you know? Like, I really need this Alabama thing, this national title drought to be over. Um, mm-hmm. My first away game as a UGA student was the 2007 Georgia-Alabama game where uh, Georgia won on the first play of overtime, Stafford to Mikey Henderson, touchdown pass in Tuscaloosa. So that was followed with the blackout, and, you know, I'm sure you guys have gotten gotten down the wormhole of, you know, the seven straight losses and all of that. But uh, I was <laughs> in the stadium for the 2008 blackout. My roommate, um, who was much smarter than me before the game, he uh, sold his ticket to uh, an Alabama fan for like eight hundred dollars. Uh, wow! Like Ten minutes before kickoff, and went and sat downtown in Athens and drank top, top shelf liquor. Um, and you know, thirty minutes of game time later, I was like sitting next to him, except for I didn't have eight hundred dollars. So I've always regretted that decision. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, you know, 2012. Georgia Alabama SEC title game. I was sitting right there on that five yard line where Chris Connolly uh, caught that that tipped pass and the time ran out. Um, Twenty seventeen national title game. I was I was down near that end zone, um, sitting basically on that goal line in the upper deck of the uh-huh. Mercedes Benz Dome, and I remember everyone around me. You know, celebrating and uh, being all excited about the, the sack that Devin Bellamy had to make it second and 26. And, like, while that was still going on, I caught Devontae Smith breaking open out of the corner of my eye. And that was it, right? So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I, you know, I grew up on, like, my my folks were at Georgia for, like, the decade of the 70s. Um, my dad has three degrees from UGA. So, I, his last year of, uh, of his PhD uh, was spent in 1980 with, with Herschel Walker in the national title game. And they were, 
in New Orleans and all that when when that game was won. So I grew up with all these stories of like Georgia, you know, doing great things and winning a national title and still haven't seen one. And I I need it to happen desperately, Justin. <laughs> you and everybody else we've spoken to tonight. <laughs> I hear you, yeah. man. Yeah. So the questions I've been asking everybody tonight, and, and as I said before, you can answer any of them, uh, all of them, none of them, or a mishmash of them. Uh, the questions are as follows. Why is Georgia going to win on Monday? The second question is, what would you give to see Georgia win on Monday? And the third question is, what would it mean for Georgia to win on Monday? What would it mean to you if Georgia went on Monday? So I'll answer your second question first, which is what I would, what I would give for Georgia to win on Monday. Um, you know, this whole thing with like Georgia and Alabama and the, the close calls and, you know, like some of the, some of the like really tragic, painful losses of like the late Mark Rick era, like the, the prayer at Jordan Hare and like some of those, uh, just heartbreaking games like uh, 2002 Georgia, Florida, when, Georgia was undefeated and Terrence Edwards drops the, the would be winning touchdown pass. Like all of those things have kind of been, like, I feel like I've thought about this a lot this week, but like, I, I feel like this has been like a, the universe trying to like teach me a lesson about attachment and, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, like putting conditions on one's happiness and having, you know, like letting, letting things that you can't control, control you. Right. Um, like, I don't know. Someone summed it up to me in a, it was not a football conversation that I was having when this point was made to me once upon a time. But, um, in my mid twenties, somebody told me that like anything that you let control your attitude or your actions, like you're basically making your God. And so, you know, uh, people (laughs) and like finite things like football games and, um, you know, humans in general tend to make like shitty, gods right so mm-hmm. uh i i've i've decided like you know I, i'm in a place where you know no like i'm not gonna give up like any of my any of my dogs or you know <laughs> uh, my car or anything like that like i you know like yeah like would i be willing to pay like 500 bucks or something like sure i mean I, you know i guess there's like like the money that I'm paying to go to Indianapolis and watch this game. Like, you know, that's, that's a substantial thing, I guess, but yeah. I wouldn't give up anything of like real value now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. But yeah. So why does Georgia win this game? Um, I like the thing, the thing I've been trying to talk myself into, and I, I kind of talked about this prior to the Michigan game is like you had 12 and now 13 games of, this team looking one way and then you had basically a quarter like the second quarter of that Alabama game uh that was the outlier of the season right like mm-hmm. you know this team has been really really good on defense and you know really good in pretty much every other way as well with the exception of that second quarter and that second quarter just kind of broke the game state to the point where Georgia was in a spot where they were relying on Stephen Bennett to attempt 48 passes and that's never where you want to be right so um, I, I think that Georgia will do a better job on defense. I think that having Mechie, John Mechie out for Alabama is a big deal. I think that, uh, you know, they have a couple offensive linemen that are banged up and that's a huge deal because they switched their offensive linemen, uh, up 
prior to facing Georgia the last time when they didn't give up any sacks to us. So I think there's like enough to point to there that's different. Um, you know, like I, and to put it in the, a broader sense, like Georgia's as healthy as they've been this year and Alabama's probably as unhealthy as they've been this year. Um, yeah. I also think that like, there's, there's gotta be a huge psychological edge for Georgia here, right? Like, you know, when you beat the number one team in the country by 17 points, it's kind of hard to go fix anything. I mean, like Nick Saban's uh-huh. great, and I'm sure they'll find something to, you know, there will be some curveballs thrown and all of that. But how do you motivate your players again for for this? Like, how do you, you know, how do you sit there and convince them like you're slighted and you know you have to go prove yourself when five weeks ago you beat this team by 17 points? If anyone will find a way to do it, it's Alabama and Nick Saban, right? But it does feel like, uh, you know, there's some some intangible things that are maybe on Georgia's side that that's normally not the case in these Georgia Alabama games. So that could be that could be so. And and I also think that uh, like Georgia's defense did some things in that game that we haven't seen them do all year. Do you want to hear my like my like oh, yeah. dog and non conspiracy theory on this on this first <laughs> yeah, thing? The way because you put it like that, yes. So I, I think I don't think like I don't I don't know, but like and I don't even know that I think this, but I have at least considered strongly that uh Turby Smart sat down with his staff and like he knows as well as anybody that Alabama is gonna get the benefit of the doubt in any situation. He was there for a long time. And so I think he sat down before this first game and was like you know, if we beat Alabama by seven points or ten points, what's gonna happen the night after? Kirk Herbstreit is going to get on SportsCenter and talk about how Alabama played the number one undefeated team better than anyone has all year and stump for them to get in the playoffs. And if other things don't fall right in the, the games that were going on that same day, then maybe there's not a better option than a two-loss Alabama to, to go in the playoffs, right? So, like, I think that Kirby kind of felt all along they were going to play each other twice regardless of the results of the first game. And so – like there's in no way did Georgia empty the clip from a scheme standpoint in that first game. Like they did some things on the back end of the defense that they haven't done all year. They played quarters and they did some weird zone stuff. And like, man, you know, I'm not a football coach, but like on our show on dog sports live, like we watched the tape of Alabama games and we were very, very sure of the fact that if Georgia wanted to go beat Alabama, they would play, man coverage on the outside and blitz a lot. And they did not do either of those either of those things. things. Yeah. Yeah. And and so like I think that there's a lot that Georgia can still do from a you know scheme standpoint, from a uh like I think that Todd Monken, you know, he's a guy that came from a world of the NFL where you play the same opponents twice a year, you know, there's all the opponents in your division, you see them twice a year. So I think that there was some stuff held back a little bit. I think when that game got out of hand a little bit in the second quarter, there's probably some calls that came down from the booth where somebody was like, you know what, let's save that one. You know, let's not burn that on the tape when we're down 17 to Alabama in a game that really doesn't matter, right? So I think that, like, that's, that's all in play here. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, what a fascinating situation if it really is because Kirby has always been the one that's, like, 
you know, talked about as Nick Saban's child and disparaged for being a, a poor, you know, user of talent and all that. Uh-huh. Like if he really played the long con on this, then dude, that's, you know, that changes his legacy pretty significantly. Right. Like that changes how we talk about him. That changes a lot of how you see the Georgia program and, like look at this team as like, Hey, this is all just national title or bust from here on out. Right. So I don't know, man. Uh, that's, that's at least what I'm trying to tell myself. Um, that's, that's kind of where my head's at of like, if things are going to go well, then there's a chance that all that is true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know, I guess what, you know, like, I I don't know, man. Uh, I I also have had the conversation like early this week, after the Michigan game, I was on the high from that game and like felt like Georgia played really well. And like, I saw things on defense that were fixed, you know, like Georgia played some really good press coverage and got hands on guys at the line of scrimmage and didn't let guys have free release. And the D line was, was cooking and everything looked, looked good. Right. And then I went back and watched the film from that first Alabama game. And it feels like those teams are so like far apart that, I've gone back into, you know, Georgia's not winning this game mode a little bit mentally. Um, but that might just be like a traumatic response to protect myself from further letdown. Uh, that's definitely possible as well. <laughs> uh, and the final question I will ask you, what, what would it mean to you if Georgia won on Monday? Uh, it would mean a lot, man. I mean, it would. Like, I think I'll cry. Um, yeah. Like I, I'm fortunate enough that I'm going to the game and I'm going to be, you know, sitting with my dad who, uh, and my mom, both my parents, which is awesome. Um, and that, you know, they're the ones that kind of gave me the the gift or the curse, depending on what day you ask me of, uh, of Georgia football. Right. So like, uh-huh. that's, that's kind of cool and special. Um, true. Like I, I remember growing up with Georgia being, a you know, a 500 team or an eight and four team or losing three in a row to Georgia tech or three in a row to South Carolina and like watching the Miami hurricanes and Nebraska Cornhuskers and like the Spurrier Florida teams and, you know, watching, watching those teams and being like, I wonder what it'd be like for Georgia to be like a, you know, a number one team or a top five team. And, and we, you know, we've seen that over the last few years, like this program is in a, really elite place like i'm at the spot where if you're not an alabama fan like you have zero right to talk shit to us like i know the florida <laughs> fans are going to drop 1980 all the time because that's all they can do but like they would crawl over broken glass to switch places with georgia right now um so yeah i i think that there's this final kind of boss right like it's the it's that level on your video game as a kid that you just can't get past. Um, and if Georgia can do it and pull it off, like, I, I think it'll, I think it'll give me a certain amount of like peace in my life, truthfully, just because uh-huh. I, I'm at a spot where it's like, I need to see this happen. You know, like I just need to see them win one. And from there it's all gravy. Right. Like I, like I was talking to somebody this week of like how if Georgia does manage to win this game, like we'll enjoy our next run so much more. You know what I mean? Like, like this team has not been properly appreciated at all because there's just been this, you know, this crazy level of angst of like, 
Are they going to catch it in or not? Is Stephen Bennett good enough? Yada, yada, yada. Can you win a national championship with like an elite defense instead of an elite offense? And all these questions that are very legitimate, but if we had won the game in 2017 uh, against Alabama, like this team, I think everyone would have sat back and enjoyed much more. Um, and so, yeah, I think it would mean for me kind of the, like the, the end of this thing that I've been dreaming about and thinking about since I was, you know, seven or eight years old, man, like yeah. for 25 years. Incredible. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Graham, you being here, first of all, and taking the time out of your day yeah. to hop on the phone and, and share, bear your heart to us, your heart and soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, absolutely. No, I, I enjoyed, yeah, always, always happy to, to chat with you. Absolutely. Well, I hope you have a great time in Indy and I will look forward to see you on the other side, my friend. Thank you, Justin. Yeah. Take care, buddy. My name is Amanda Mall. I'm a staff writer at The Atlantic. I cover health and consumerism. Um, it's taken me in my editor three years to figure out how to succinctly have a hard time with that word. I haven't talked a lot today, like I said, since <laughs> writing. He's still warming up. Uh, <laughs> describe my beat, uh, but that's what we've landed on lately. I live in Brooklyn. Um, I'm from Marietta, grew up in Marietta, Cobb County Schools. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I went to Georgia. I have a journalism degree from Georgia. Um, my dad went to Georgia. The reason I went to Georgia is because my dad went to Georgia, not because of really anything else, uh, if we're being real. And I have I went to my first Georgia football game in the womb. Mm. Um, fun fact about me. Um, my poor mother. My mom went to Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> it's not her she, fault. She, you know, it's not her fault. She grew up in Buckhead. I don't know why she ended up at Auburn, but that's where she ended up. But she, I, I think it was clear in my parents' relationship early on that she was going to be the one to acquiesce about football if mm-hmm, things were mm-hmm. going to work out. Um, and she was fine with that. She doesn't yeah. really care about football. So, yeah, I went to Georgia. I graduated in 2000. Well, mm, whether I graduated in 2008 or 2009 is the is the uh, topic of some debate. <laughs> what? Um, please, please tell, talk more about that. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, I left school in 2008, theoretically, on time. Okay. Um, okay. I didn't have any more, like, in-person classes. But, um, yeah, I just – I could not fucking make myself sit through freshman econ. <laughs> um, and I don't – it, it was just I, – I enrolled for it and went to, like, three classes and was like, fuck this. Never mind. I can't do this. I, yeah, I have nope. too much respect for myself. <laughs> several times preach <laughs> um, and uh and like drop the class before it was before drop app was over and uh-huh. um it just like just couldn't do it and i got to the end of um college and it was like well i guess i need to take econ mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point <laughs> they're not going to give me my, my diploma um so i i enrolled in it in an online class and um i didn't do any of the work uh because all of the I am a procrastinator and like okay. not a very hard worker. It's important to know that about me. <laughs> People sometimes assume that's not the case since I have a job, but mm, mm, I'm not good at either of those things. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. 
from um, all the journalists I know are all procrastinators to some extent, I feel. Yeah, we're, we're not like a fully functional type of person. <laughs> <laughs> We, we have a, we, person to person, we have a lot of similar deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and timeliness is one of them often. Um, but yeah, I just like, I, I didn't care. Like freshman econ, like the, I have since learned that like, if you get an econ degree, most of what you do for like the rest of your econ degree is learning why the stuff you learned in freshman econ was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I didn't get an econ degree. I got a journalism degree and I still have to do that stupid ass class. Um, so I, I failed the final on, um, on the online class, um, because I didn't, I didn't do any of the work or the reading. Like I like flipped through the book before I took the final on my computer and failed it shockingly. Um, and then I had to appeal to this and I, even if I had, if I had passed it, I would have graduated on time, but I had to appeal to UGA to let me take it again and like plead some sort of hardship. Um, so I made something up and they let me take it again and I graduated <laughs> a semester late on paper, but I like already had a job and stuff. I was already doing, I was not at school. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the diploma just came late. My mom found this out. I, I kept this from my parents, but my mom found this out when I got, um, my first big freelance byline. I wrote, um, something about college football dog mascots, surprisingly mm-hmm. for Rolling Stone. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, I interviewed, um, the Silers for it. And UGA um, posted it on their like official Facebook account and like tagged me. And like when they do that, they they say like what year you are. So I was like ABJ09. Uh-huh. And my mom was like, why does it say 09? <laughs> it all came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. And this has been like 2015. <laughs> Incredible. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a really long explanation of that. But uh but yeah, whether I graduated in 2008 or 2009 is the, is uh, up for debate. You, you know, you graduated whenever you say you graduated, much like you know Wizards and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you weren't there anymore in 2008, and yeah, no, it's I fine. There. I was not there anymore, but um, but my transcripts were there. <laughs> <laughs> Only part of you, the part you left behind. But your your transcripts yeah. are very much your Horcrux that you left behind at UGA. Um, that'll be a fun question one day. Yeah. Is what are your horcruxes on UGA campus? That's, that's another conversation <laughs> anyway. So I have three questions that I'm asking everybody tonight and you're welcome to answer any of them, all of them or mishmash of them, none of them, but whatever resonates with you, I would love to hear what, uh, you know, the song in your heart tonight is kind of what we're going for. So those questions are, why is Georgia going to win on Monday? The second question is, what would you give to see Georgia win on Monday? And the final question is, what would it mean to you if Georgia won on Monday? So, again, the floor is yours. Let's see. The first question, why is Georgia going to win on Monday? Mm-hmm. The law of averages? Like, I don't know if that's what the law <laughs> of averages actually says. Don't you are in that. a safe space to use anything having to do with math and stats, yes. <laughs> Amazing. I think that we have been on the... That's not that's not how statistics works. I'm trying to remember like <laughs> AP stat from like high school. It's been a very uh-huh. long time. Um, I am 36 years old. It has been 19 years. I, I just think that it is like, you know, we have been on the sort of unlikely bad end of of many of these games where we have been um, performing well and then just like the game didn't end in time for us mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like that shouldn't keep happening to people. Like we should probably i i think like i said i think this is a misunderstanding of, of what the statistical concept is but um but i'm going with it because football doesn't make sense yeah that's um, right yeah I, I it just seems like you know 
how many times could we possibly do this? And, mm-hmm. you know, I know that, like, a, somewhere a monkey's paw, like, the finger just curled. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it really just seems like we, like, it's our turn. Like, it just feels to me like it's our turn. The vibe is that it is our turn. Um, and I also think that, like, narratively, and this mm-hmm. is how I have been sort of explaining it to, like, friends when I've been talking about it this week, is just, like, the narrative sets up so nicely for us. It does. This it does. Like, we were we were great all season. We ran into um, a, a familiar familiar brick wall in the SEC championship, and now we get a second shot at him. That's mm-hmm. a great narrative. It um, is. That is that is so um, cinematic, um, <laughs> which is surely how things happen in the real world. So yeah, let's yeah. go with that. It's a beautiful story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, um, I do not have like any any real reasons that I believe this. Um, because I think they're like two like pretty evenly matched football teams and like yeah. you know um, and and like Nick Saban is really good at what he does obviously so you know I don't I don't have any like I mean you guys are in charge of the information sure I am not in charge of that the information only gets <laughs> not, you so far though let me time. let me be the first to say yeah <laughs> uh, but the uh, would do you have anything else to to kind of add to the um, what would you give to see Georgia win on Monday or what would it mean for Georgia to win on Monday? What would it mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. What would I give? Like if I could like write a check to someone right now, I couldn't write that big of a check, but like yeah. I would write a decent <laughs> a hefty check. check. Yeah. Yeah. I I would write a check that had the low four figures probably. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if I could, if I could buy a Georgia national championship like fifteen hundred bucks, oh yeah, like let me get let me get my credit card. <laughs> let me get that OBO. Yeah, I have our best offer yeah. right here, my guy. <laughs> um, what would I what would I give? I would give probably like the last year or two off my life. They're probably not going to be good ones. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like the previous <laughs> two years. I was like, no one wants those, Amanda. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> nobody wants those for anybody. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy our last two years. Yeah, if I if I could like go to the end of my life and give and give like a year back and be like mm-hmm. Georgia Cincinnati, that would be fine. I'm That'd pretty sure my yeah. dad would do that. And he's and he's seventy four. He'd probably be like, Yeah, who cares? Take <laughs> the last one. <laughs> I've seen it all. I'm good here. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm sure he would say that. Uh yeah, like I would I would give something of like really substantial value as it turns yeah. out. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would like to get over the fucking hump on this. Um mm-hmm. It's just very annoying to have not won a national championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's past the point of being disappointing, and we're all just kind of annoyed. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It has entered like a like a different like new stage of grief. We're we are astronauts exploring um, like grief outer space at this point. Georgia <laughs> fans are. Uh, uh, we, we are we are charting new territory. We are discovering new planets of being disappointed. Like. <laughs> I need I need something else to happen. Um, <laughs> what a heart wrenching euphemism. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, and like, what would it what would it mean? I mean, like personally for me, um, and I know this is true for like a lot of Georgia fans and a lot a lot of college football fans, perhaps even more so than than most major sports, just because of like the way that college football gets like really really tied closely into family dynamics in the South and things like that. But like, 
I want Georgia to win another national championship while my dad is still alive mm-hmm. <laughs> because it means a lot in our relationship. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kirby, to think of all the dads out there. <laughs> <laughs> think what you're doing to dads, Kirby. <laughs> who, are, who are getting old and yeah. give them another one before, before it's too late. Um, you know, it would be, it would be really meaningful in that way. I got to go with my dad to, to, um, the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago, cool. um, which was, which was incredible and which I'm really glad that we did. He is the only other person in my family who went to, who went to Georgia. We do not have like a big extended family. My parents are both only children. Um, mm. and my brother, my brother didn't go to college and my mom went to Auburn and doesn't really care about football. This was like a big thing in our relationship and it would just be like so nice. <laughs> Um, for us as people, as as father and daughter. Um, And it would also, I think, just like make watching Georgia football more fun in the future. Not that I don't already find it fun. I am not one of those people who lets it ruin like random games for me or like whole seasons if we don't ultimately like win one of these. Um, Like I will have had a lot of fun watching 2021 Georgia football, whether or not we win. But it would make watching future seasons even more fun (laughs) <laughs> to just release yeah. that pressure valve a little bit. That's how I feel all the time. I'm like, just wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool? Like, like you said, we're past disappointment. It'd just be cool right now, right? <laughs> Is anybody else with me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would just be cool. It would be cool, and it would make other things in the future cooler. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I have one question that's only it's uh, somewhat unrelated, and I, I promised one of our Discord listeners I would ask you. And the reason why this Discord member is so important is because they're uh, they they have fallen in love with Georgia football this past season. They're freshmen. They're part of the Red Coats. Mm-hmm. They play sousaphone. Um, it's Yara who writes a a rage uh, segment for our show now. But mm-hmm. we've we've got to see in live time over the last semester just Yara falling in love with college football, and it's been really awesome. And so I promised Yara I would ask you if you could go back and give um, young Amanda, like 10 years ago Amanda in college, Amanda, any advice, what would you – I know, I'm sorry, I dropped the bomb on you. It's okay. <laughs> I would say go to class even less than you already do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh no this is not responsible advice sorry um the discord is exploding i (laughs) (laughs) i i do not like the structure of school i Mm -hmm. i'm really opposed to it i i love i love being at university of georgia i loved my time in athens i loved everything about it more than i loved going to actual classes and i would say do more of the other stuff care less about actually getting to class um, but also like, and I figured this out towards the, towards the end of school more so than at the, at the beginning is, is just like, do whatever you got, got to do to get into classes that you find inherently interesting. Mm-hmm. Cause you're going to have to go to some of them. Don't, don't try to be well-rounded. Don't try to be like, <laughs> um, <laughs> don't try to be responsible. Just, just literally just like, you know, learning I think is like super fun even though I don't like school um, and I think that school and learning are often at cross purposes um, mm-hmm. especially for people like me who uh, has a creative relationship to paying attention to things mm-hmm. um, and I would say just like do whatever you can to wrestle school into the way you sort of like naturally interact with life and see the world because education in the US is just like really rigid Mm-hmm. in ways that are often not helpful to people and especially not helpful to creative people. 
but the the fact that you get to sort of like choose your own adventure to a certain extent in college can be used to your advantage in certain ways. Like by the end of college, I was taking my journalism classes and basically all of my electives were comparative lit classes because I like to read. Yeah. So I would just sign up for whatever comparative lit classes that were um, at like good times that I knew I would actually like go to them and be interested and like were about topics that I actually wanted to read the books. So it was sort of like doing everything I could to sort of drag school kicking and stream and screaming into the type of life that I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that that's a good idea. You know, college is yeah. is, is a time of like a re- relative freedom for a lot of people. Like I worked in college, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like total freedom. But but yeah, um, try to try to resist the way people, administrators, guidance counselors want you to do college if at all possible, and don't go to the things you're not interested in. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, folks. Amanda Mall, a very successful writer. (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be fine. You'll get a fancy job anyway, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, you'll you'll do great. Yeah, you'll fuck around for ten years and find yourself in a in a job that makes people seem like you meant to do that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You you make failing look good. Is the thing like you do it gracefully, right? Like, (laughs) well, not even failing. I don't know. Not the right word for it. But yeah, yeah. It's just you know. Control what you can control and use that control in order to have the best time you can in school, in life, whatever. Exactly. Well, do you have any uh, final parting wisdom you would like to to add uh, before we wrap things up here? I do genuinely think we're going to win. I do, too. Is that is that kind of your uh, advice to folks worrying about uh, leading up to Monday? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I, I, do, I do genuinely think that we're going to win. I hope it's decisive. I hope... I'm not agonizing about it the entire time. I don't think it'll be as decisive as it was against Michigan, but that was a fun game to watch. It was. But, yeah. And I I would say that, like, if it doesn't work this time, we run it back. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. There there truly is always next year. We're set up well. So I'm not going to say don't worry because I'm worried. But (laughs) (laughs) but I do think we're going to win. We'll win it eventually. We'll win eventually, yeah. It's law of averages. That's what we're kind of looking at, right? So. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's <laughs> no. hopefully how that works. Again, thank you so much for, for being here, and thank you so much for taking time out of uh, the, your your night to, to hang out with us uh, and talk on this silly podcast for a little while. But we hope to see you on the other side, and thank you again. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Go dogs. Absolutely. Go dogs. <laughs> So now we are joined by one of our uh, our favorite guests. It's your favorite segment guest, uh, the originator of said segment. It's the Dr. James Bearfield Troll Corner, presented by Cheerwine. It's the wine that gives you diabetes, TM, TM, TM. We are joined by James Bearfield himself, and that's you, isn't it? That is you, correct? Is this James that is Bearfield? Me. That is, <laughs> he's is the me. one. I feel like we're looking behind the curtain, and I feel bad um, <laughs> for everybody listening at home. But uh, I would love to hear why it is. Why why do you even exist, James? Why are you here? Why do we have a segment about you? You know, what what is it what is your affiliation with this program? Um not the program being Chapel Belker, but the, the University of Georgia football program. Uh, <laughs> so give us a little background. Okay, that was pretty good. I'm ready now. Yeah, you ready? <laughs> Wait, was that was that the practice? That was no we were in, man. We're in. Oh, I'm in it. I'm in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am D. James Bearfield. 
sponsored by Cheer Wine, the wine that gives you diabetes. TM, 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 TM. Um, I am associated with UGA because I went there for four years and I played the sousaphone there for four years. Um, also, I would like to put it on the record. Last Uh-oh. episode, Nathan told everyone I was not a good sousaphone player, and that is not true. I'm actually very good at playing a sousaphone. I was even in the Allstate band in high school. Look at you go. What? I know. I'm very good. Anyway, that's not <laughs> the point. The point is, Nathan doesn't like me because I'm what I'm a dying breed of sousaphone player. Just a true man who enjoys chaos for the sake of chaos sake. Uh-huh. And as a leader, Nathan has to to stop that. So I understand his opposition, but I just want everyone to know that I'm good at playing the sousaphone and I'm like the Joker, just giving rubies for rubies. I think that was the, that, no, that was Alfred. <laughs> that was Alfred. Never mind. Uh, anyway, the size of a tangerine. Yeah. Yes. Tangelos, oranges, and all the like fruits. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been asking everybody three questions tonight, and you're welcome to answer any of them, uh, none of them, all of them. And those questions are, I'm going to give them to you all at once, and you can kind okay. of share with me what resonates with you. So those okay. questions are, why is Georgia going to win on Monday? The second question is, what would you give to see Georgia win on Monday? And the third question is, what would it mean to you, Dr. James Beerfield, the presenter of the Troll Corner, the you know the one that's presented by Cheerwine, the wine that gives you diabetes, TMTMTM, TM, TM. what would it mean to you for Georgia to win on Monday? The first one, why are we going to win? Why? Because we're mad as hell. We got We got everything to gain, nothing to lose, and we're just pissed off. And I think that we learn from our mistakes, hopefully, and we'll run a defense that we can understand and that we do well. You know, last, when I was watching the SEC championship, it felt to me like we're like the freaking best ravioli restaurant in the, in the town. <laughs> and somebody came up like with the ratatouille guy that comes in, the health inspector, not the health inspector, the reviewer. And they're like, Hey, this guy just loves ravioli. And we were like, you know what? What if we spice it up and serve him freaking tacos? He won't see that Hell coming. Yeah. And then we just served these garbage tacos. And that's what I <laughs> felt like we did last time. So I feel like this time we're going to be like, you know what? Maybe the ravioli will work because we've seen the ravioli work. And we're just going to serve them the best ravioli we can. And I think if we do that, we'll get an A-plus on our health inspection. <laughs> or your review, and we you can, mean. <laughs> Yes, re- review. You know, we can open a rat-themed restaurant like like Remy does. Anyway... So that's why I think we're going to win. <laughs> what was the second question? I remember the last question. I don't remember the middle one. The middle one was, what would you give uh, for Georgia to win on Monday? Give? Oh, man. That's... I don't know. I'm trying to like look at stuff in my house. Um, <laughs> I don't really like any have of all it. My... Yeah, you can have all my wife's hot toddy candles from the Bath and Body Works. I don't okay. think they smell as good as she does. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, she loves them. I mean, I think she smells great, but the candles are just overpriced, in my opinion. Also, <laughs> my fun fact: you can return them after you've burned them down to the to the thing, and just say you didn't like it, and they'll give you a free candle. My God, if you didn't know that. 
You're going to bankrupt like the candle I, industry. Big Candle hates him. Big Candle hates me, and tomorrow Big Pharma will too. I'm <laughs> presenting on bad Big Pharma. But yeah, you can burn that thing down to the bottom, and they'll just, you just go up there and be like, I didn't like the way it smelled. And they'll be like, okay. And you take right. out a new candle. Incredible. Anyway, um, what else in my house? Uh-huh. I've got one of these bougie trash cans I got from my wedding that you just wave your hand over it, and it opens. Uh-huh. Uh, you could have that. I, I think I could live with a pedal one. Yeah, okay. I say that. I go to I go to people's houses now, and I'll just kind of wave my hand over the trash can <laughs> and then feel like an idiot when it doesn't open. No open, says um, me. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could have two board games out of my board game closet, but I, I'd get to pick them. You you wouldn't get to pick them. That's fair, I think. That's a That's fair trade. That's what I give for Georgia win. Yeah. We already got the trash can. Completely unrelated. Have you played Dice Throne? No. What's Dice Throne? It's pretty fun. It's like if Yahtzee and Yu-Gi-Oh had a baby. <laughs> it's pretty dope. I would recommend it. It's a right. lot of fun. You heard it here. Uh, you heard third it question here. for you, Sponsor sir. Me, please. <laughs> Dice Throne, please. I third need question. the money. <laughs> what would it mean to you if Georgia won on Monday? It would mean that when I went to Atlanta in 2018 and just had my heart broken and then that bad kicker shanked the kick, and then my heart got re-glued, and it was together <laughs> again, and then it got crushed again. It would mean that that was worth something, you know? It uh-huh. wasn't just sadness. Oh, oh, Justin, for the sake of sadness, because that's <laughs> all it was. I've got this terrible NASA championship hat just sitting in my closet that I've never worn. You, oh, you bought the hat? Me sad. No, I thought we were. I think we were given hats, actually. Okay. It's got the, it's got the trophy on it, but I don't wear it because we didn't win the trophy. Yeah, again. So fair. this championship yeah. would mean that I get to wear that hat. I know that's not probably as good an answer as some people have, but I would really like to wear that hat. It's a good hat. It's sat in there for it's, so long. I, you know, I wouldn't know. I've never worn it, so it might be a terrible <laughs> hat. But it's it's brand new compared to some of the other ones I have. There's only one way to find out. And it's to exactly. wear the hat. Because, you know, right now the only hat I really wear, it's it's one that my brother made in high school with his buddies of a hunting page. And, you know, seven years later he's a lawyer and it just embarrasses him. And that's the only reason I wear it anymore. <laughs> so I would really like to wear a national championship hat instead of my brother's stupid hunting page from eight years ago. Incredible. This has Incredible. been <laughs> this has been a joy. <laughs> it has gone probably about how I thought it would go, and that is to say, very well. Uh, thank you. But thank thank you for joining me. I really appreciate this. <laughs> and uh, thank you. I, we've learned I a lot. Enjoyed being here. Yeah, I feel and, like one of those radio callers that you know wins concert tickets or something. But I don't have anything to give. I didn't you. really win anything. I was just the tenth caller. Yeah, you, well, you pretty much were the tenth caller, or are you the per, you're the tenth person I called, I think, tonight. So there's that. But uh, thank oh, you so much win. for being here, sir. You won. Yes, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> uh, well, well I enjoy. It. This has been a blast. I'm glad. <laughs> enjoy bringing down Big Pharma tomorrow, and I hope that that for your sake you get to wear that hat on Tuesday. I hope so too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, James. Peace I appreciate out. you. Peace out, good I appreciate you for calling me. All right. Well, you have a good night, man. <laughs> you too. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs>
so for our final segment of this uh, mishmash episode, like the the episode that is basically, if you've ever seen any baseball movie about little kids, there's always one team that's really good who all their dads basically have been teaching them baseball since they were three years old. And they're all really good at baseball. And there's another team of just ragtag children that have nothing but heart and, you know, patches on their knees. That's that's this show. That's this episode. And we've really done it. And we're in the big game. We're going to win it. Um, all that to say, our final segment of the show is, of course, you you know this one. It's the Rage Against the Machine brought to us by Yara themselves. And I am joined by the legend, Yara. Hello. How are hey. you? Hi. Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. This is going to, you are really going to appeal to like such a different group of people, I feel, because you're really bringing like our average listener age down a great deal. And you're way cooler than me and Nathan. So, <laughs> so let's do this thing. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got back my Apple pencil. I, I don't know where I found it, but I found it. And so I made like my little handwritten thing i sent the um image over in the discord and i emailed you the pdf so, yes here we I go i'm very excited before you go though i want to ask you I've, a- I've been asking everybody to introduce themselves and oh, shoot. um and I, no, no no you're good i want to introduce i want you to introduce yourself and in addition to that because everybody knows who you are and so i wanted to in, in addition to that kind of give us your affiliation with Georgia football and what it has meant to you this season from start to finish. Okay, bet. Um, hi, I'm Yara. Um, <laughs> uh, I am a CISA, I'm a sophomore saxophone player in the University of Georgia Redcoat Band. Um, I'm also social chair for the Redcoat Band. Hi, Redcoats. Um, <laughs> gotta shout them out. Um, okay, you said what Georgia football means to me. It yeah. means a lot, which is like so wild because literally like a semester ago, I do not think I would be saying those. Even even right before I got accepted to UGA, I was very hesitant about Georgia. I wanted to like go back to Georgia. Um, I just wanted to get out of Georgia. I did not think I yeah. would be like a July for UGA thing. But here I am. And CBC like got me into football i'm like a diehard football fan which is wild because like whenever i go to football games or something or whenever i talk to like grown adults who want to talk about uga football they do not expect this five foot five individual with like a really unfortunately looking grown out buzz cut to like (laughs) come talk to them about actual statistics and like what wide receiver i think is the best and why (laughs) <laughs> but like I'm just here and I have all this knowledge now because of y'all. So thank you very, very much for introducing me to football. Um this is like one of my points on my rage and I'm not gonna get into it. But yeah, that's that. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Anytime. I I'd be happy to come to your TED Talk. So let's yeah, instead of me reading your words, we're gonna have you read your words tonight. Uh and I will play the role of Nathan as best that I can. Excellent. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Here we go. Number one. Hey, besties. Holy shit. We're going to Indy. What are your three words to describe the Orange Bowl? Mine would be James Cook goaded. Mm. Uh, Stetson Bennett bald. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Number two. 
Um, who is your bestie of the week? Mine was 100% James Cook, although I think my second bestie would be Kenny McIntosh because of the throw that he made. I really oh, yeah. like that throw. That um, was a very cool too. play. Yes. I would I would agree with you. Kenny McIntosh, Kenny McIntosh won, like, sometimes when stuff like that happens, it happens in slow motion. And that play almost happened so fast that there was not long enough for me to worry about it. It was just kind of like, is is that happening? It is happening. That did happen. That was really neat. And I really love that. Let's do that again, you know? And so Kenny McIntosh, all day, every day, bestie of the week. Uh, close second, I will say, N'Kobe Dean, because that man has become an absolute monster. Oh, he's a beast. Okay, okay. Yeah. Number three. Um, I actually want to talk about the throw for a second because I did not know you could do that. I mm-hmm. thought only quarterbacks were allowed to throw the ball. And I was wondering what your thoughts are, were, what your thoughts are on that. Because yes. I thought running backs don't throw the ball. But also, I'm really, really glad that he did. So. Absolutely. So the quarterback is allowed to pass to uh, another eligible receiver um laterally as as they did so you're welcome to do that but um they have to remain behind the line of scrimmage uh to then throw it so there's a there's a pocket that the quarterback sits in it is i couldn't tell you exactly what the pocket is defined as uh that would be a nathan question uh because there are very specific uh rules and and widths and lengths as to which the pocket is defined by where the quarterback sits in and so once the quarterback comes out of the pocket um the what they're allowed to do with the ball essentially changes but as long as they're in the pocket they pass laterally um to a running back or another eligible receiver in or it could also be a wide receiver wide receivers can also do the same exact thing um then they may be able to throw the ball as long as they're still behind the line of scrimmage so it does work like that so um it's a funny little trick play the if you want to see a lot of it um i'm going to say something nobody wants to hear but uh we call it the wild dog because uh the it's originally called the wildcat is what that play is called essentially but tim tebow's florida gators did it a whole bunch because tim tebow should have never been a quarterback uh and so he gave it to people who could throw the ball so that's a little bit of history for you if you want to go youtube it wow i definitely am thank you for the knowledge anytime right okay number four um, I'm going to throw an Uno reverse card at you. Uh-oh. Why do you think UGA is going to win the Natty? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I do look at life through rose-tinted glasses very often, but I feel I feel warranted in this approach, and I have felt this way all season. Um, I have felt calm, cool, collected this season, more so than I have any year for college football. Um, something definitely died in me that loved college football, um, through COVID last year and also following the national championship game, um, that we lost Alabama before. And so it's kind of, it's been like a sort of a rebirth and sort of like a rebranding my love for college football. But all that to say, like, I think at this point, it's not that we deserve it. It's that this team, these guys, the, the all these players, they have demonstrated that they deserve this more than anything, I feel. And they're playing just absolutely incredibly. I have never seen a team, let alone a Georgia team, 
play the way that these guys are playing and and focusing the way they're focusing and i just want the world for all of them and i think that that would be incredible and none of that is based in any sort of research or data or science it's just the eye test and a feel i'm running on vibes here you know and that's that's kind of how i feel about it is that the vibe is right and i want to see it happen i think that that is my answer the vibe is right Five check path. That was a good answer. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Ready? We're going to do like a little Q&A, except it's reversed, okay. and I'm going to give my answer first. Okay. Um, so things that I would do for a dub in the Natty. Okay. I would sacrifice one of my kidneys, exactly one Blackhawk Stanley Cup. Um, on second thought, the entire Blackhawks franchise, my favorite pair of Crocs, which means <laughs> a lot more than you would think, oh, and yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I would also <laughs> get another rib tattoo, eat a ghost pepper. Again, I didn't like it, but I'd do it again. Um, give oh some God. mad fucking sloppy topping to Kirby Smart. Like, I'm talking about some fucking Blood Lug 9000 shit, okay? <laughs> Step foot inside the state of Alabama, but for no longer than five minutes, and walk 500 miles, and possibly another 500 more. So, with that being said, Justin, <laughs> what would you do for a dub in the natty? Oh my god. Um <laughs> sorry, I just threw like so much at you. I did not read this before we sat down and did this segment and I was completely uh caught off guard by the Kirby Smart comment. <laughs> Incredible. I'm not um, even joking. I would do it. Do it. There are I would not a lot right of now. things that I would do to that extent, but I would do this for a natty dub. That's oh, how man. bad I want this shit. Oh my oh boy. Um I would I would uh I would give away the Thrashers again to Winnipeg. <laughs> um what else would I do? I don't know. Um I would never write with a G2 pen again, which is also a very specific thing, but a very important uh thing I'm saying here and there are a few people in my life that know exactly why that's important to me, but um G2 pens are just they're the best pen out there, y'all, and there's always one in my pocket. Um it's right here, in fact. So there's that. But I would I would never write with one again, and it's my preferred pen, and I do not write with any other pen. So there's that. Uh, at the very least, those are the things that I would do. I okay. would give up many. I would give up Aaron Rodgers as well. And I don't know. I might join you in that Kirby Smart feud. I don't know. Who can say? I mean, I'd do a lot of crazy things for this thing. Period. All right. Good answers. So number six. We saw what happened when the dogs last came face-to-face with Bama. Mm-hmm. What do the dogs need to do differently this time in order to take the dub? Oh man! So it's give me the team. Give me the, the team. team. <laughs> I think that so. A lot of a lot of guests have said sort of my my same feelings on this. Um, I was about to say on this this episode of this episode of football. Um, that feeling being that I, I think James Bearfield put it really well when he said. We are a ravioli restaurant and we served tacos last time. We need to serve ravioli because it is what we do. We have grandma's recipe for ravioli and we need to continue serving the one thing we make. And we need to do that again this time. I think Stetson Bennett had an outstanding game against Michigan. I think everybody played their role. They did what they do. They didn't do anything less. They didn't do anything more. And that was what was important. We need to play a defense. We need to to implement a defense that is ours, and it's the same defense that we've been 
using all season. We have seen the blueprint for how to beat Alabama from other teams, and we have yet to do that. We just decided not to do that. And so if we're going to win this game, it needs to look the way that other teams have demonstrated how you hold Alabama and how you beat Alabama. And so until we do that, we will not beat Alabama. But I think that we will be doing that this game because after this game, the season's over. And so this is it. Leave it all on the table. And that's what I think needs to happen. Yeah, all or nothing. I like it. Okay, give me your score predictions. I think it will be really, really close, but like towards mm. the end, especially because um we have that one guy who got like suspended and he's suspended until the second half of the natty. Yeah. Think. Yep. It's a big so deal. So I think it's going to be really, really close until then. But my guess is like 37 to 24. And that was just, that was just what my gut was telling me. Okay. Those numbers just spoke to me. So what are your actual like score predictions as somebody who knows shit about football? <laughs> uh, I just play someone on TV that knows shit about football. Um, I would guess, I don't think you're that far off, to be honest. It's a, uh, I believe last time we checked, it was still an eight point score difference is being predicted eight or nine. And I do not expect a game like we saw last time. I see a closer game. If even if we do lose, I think it's going to be a much closer game than we we let on last game. Um, I predict something like a 31-24, 31-27, or like a 34-24 um, with Georgia on top is kind of what I'm thinking. Because I, I definitely think that Alabama is going to be able to hold us for a while. I don't think they're going to be able to prevent us from getting our our field goals. We'll get one or two field goals for sure, I think. Um, two feels right. So a, a score that is looking at like, yeah, like the 31 or 34 to 24 makes sense to me. Uh, Alabama is notoriously bad at field goals, but I'm sure they'll get one. That makes sense to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the 34, 24 at the end of the day is what I'm thinking. All right. Okay. Uno reverse card number two. Surprise. <laughs> I have two of them. Aha. What would it mean for you when Georgia wins on Monday? I just realized I put a grammatical error in So that's wonderful. Oh, it's good. We what know what it means. What do it mean for me? Um, I mean, I know I didn't go to Georgia. Georgia to me, this the University of Georgia to me is is synonymous with the town. And the town means a lot to me. Um, the town is where I learned who I was. And I, I, I became who I am today and met all of the most lovely people I know in my life. And so... To me, if Georgia were to win on Monday, it would mean um, it would it would just mean a lot to this town, I think, and I think it would mean a lot to like for instance, people who have been wanting this for a long time will get to see it. Kids who live in this town will get to see it. They'll get to see people who look like them win a big game, and I think that's really important. That representation and that modeling is really important. And having just a, a, an incredibly joyous moment in this town following a really horrendous couple of years. And I think that just big moments like that, big joyous moments like that are really important in, in, for everybody, for many, many reasons. But I just really hope and look forward to spending that joyous moment and sharing that joyous moment with, with the, the people of this town. And yeah, that, that's kind of what it would mean to me, I think. You're really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. I'm about to get like insane for a second. All right, so, do it. At the SEC championship, 
Jameson motherfucking Williams made direct eye contact with me as I was exiting the field after the game. And he did one of these like evil fucking smirks. Like it was just filled with like malice and hatred <laughs> and just overall just like bad vibes. And I was wondering how I hypothetically hmm. exact revenge because that shit like I need you to know that it took everything in me to prevent myself from going after this man. And also the fact that I was carrying an instrument half my body weight at the time. <laughs> but that smirk, I was going to like fuck off some shit. That was evil. So how do I exact revenge? So this is the thing. I think in the locker rooms, every spot for each of the players has their name on it. So I tell you that because it is incredibly easy to figure out which one is his. So you don't have to do anything to Jamison Williams because that would be illegal. Or I will say, hold on, we'll, we'll go two ways. One, you can find his locker and just take a big old dump in it. You know, just, you know, don't don't use the restroom after you get that truck to Indy. Hold on to it. Keep it. That is your hate. Let it fuel you. Go into the locker room. <laughs> use his locker. Um, number two, make him fall in love with you. You're very charming. You know, make him fall in love with you. Spend many years stringing this man along, enjoying you, uh, meet his family, uh, meet his mother, make his mother fall in love with you. He has like nieces and nephews and they start calling you like uh, part of the family. And then one day you just say, eh, I'd rather not. And that's how you exact your revenge. Noted. <laughs> taking I may notes. unironically do the second. Yeah, I'm taking notes. I'm gonna unironically pull that second one and the first one. I can do both, actually. Yeah, I think you could do both, actually. Yeah. Ooh, that's ooh. You combine them. One day when you know, like he's like, I think we should take this to the next step, and you're like, I took a shit in your locker at the national championship in 2021. Bye. <laughs> that's when you lay it on him. That's like the parting message, and then I block. That's that. <laughs> you just block that's him. That's it. Done. I just like cold blocking. Okay. 10. Um, this one isn't really a question, but I just wanted to thank you for introducing me to college football. It's been and like CBC and everybody. It's just been super cool, like being accepted with just like great open arms and like hearts and everything into a really nice community. And I'm glad that I could witness history being made with everybody. And win or lose, it is great to be a Georgia Thank Always. you. You're so welcome. Thank you, Yara, so much. This has been very special. Um, is there any parting wisdom you would like to to share with the world before we, we wrap things up? Um, I don't know if I have any wisdom. Uh, <laughs> or any lasting I words, I guess. On on the lead up to Monday, what is something, like how will people, people uh, what, what do you want them to, to know as we, we move towards Monday, or what would give them some comfort, I guess? Um, I guess history isn't always going to repeat itself, you know? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, there have been times, and there have been times in the past when the team that shall not be named has beaten us, <laughs> um, but they've never beaten this team. They've never beaten the Georgia Bulldogs. They've, well, that's not entirely true. <laughs> not um, the georgia bulldogs <laughs> um it just it all comes down to this and win or lose we've had a great season we've had a history making season we have done it we've done the damn thing and it's showtime <laughs> showtime 
we don't that's the day not before. like particularly great wisdom but that's just all that's on my mind right now i'm a little nervous but that's okay yeah. it's part of it it's gonna be great mm-hmm. well yara enjoy awesome. indy drive safe and we will see you on the other side Thank you. Oh, wait, come watch out for me. I think we're playing pregame and show one. And I'm just like the really fucking short sousaphone. Like everybody <laughs> else is an average of six feet tall. And I'm just sitting here, dog. Like it is so <laughs> obnoxiously noticeable. Um, So go point me out. Come say hi or something. It would be totally cool to like meet people in real life that know me from here. So, yeah, that's all. Okay. Bye, gang. Um, I will be driving as safe as possible. I drive the Red Coast truck in case that was not known. I will be driving as safe as possible. Uh, Indy's going to be cold, but it'll be hard. Your hate will fuel you. It'll keep you warm. Exactly. Hate always warms me up. Incredible. All right. Good night, gang. Good night, Yara. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening.